Hello, and thank you for joining us from wherever you are. This is the SBS Replay podcast from the New York University School of Professional Studies Student Council. Welcome to season three. This week, we're joined by Rachel Kim. She graduated from NYU SBS with a bachelor's degree in hospitality and tourism management in May 2021. Currently, she is a partner product manager at Skipper and the food and beverage supervisor at the Standard Hotel. The original session was recorded on Zoom and was hosted by Ali Weaver. We have an exciting and important announcement for you at the very end, so make sure to hang back after the episode. Hi everyone, my name is Ali. I, I am a junior studying hotel and tourism management, the vice president of the undergraduate student council. And I am so excited to be here today chatting with the lovely Rachel. I always like to start with this story because I remember my very first day, the day I moved into NYU, I went to the SPS building and I saw Maya and Rachel there. They were the people to me, the people that came up, told me about the student council, told me about the school. And I feel like to this day, they have served as amazing role models. And I'm so excited. It's like a full circle moment for me being here interviewing Rachel. So I'm super excited. So Rachel, I will pass it off to you if you want to just do a quick introduction about your background and where you are today. Yeah, of course. So hi, my name is Rachel. I just recently graduated from NYSPS at the Hospitality and Tourism Management at the Tisch Center back in May 2021, so this May. I am currently a partner product manager at Skipper, which is a hospitality tech company, as well as a food and beverage member at the Standard East Village Hotel. Background, connection to all of you guys, most recently, I guess, the senator of these School of Professional Studies undergrads. And then in the previous years, I was the graphic and social media chair of the Undergraduate Student Council. And then there's multiple before that, but I won't go into that detail. She's a woman of many different positions. We love it. <laughs> I remember going to your social media meetings. That was really fun. I think that was right before everything got crazy with COVID. So those are good times. So I guess let's start off with the more like technical questions about your experience in the workforce. And then we can kind of end off with the more SPS related fun questions. So I think to start a good place to start would maybe be, can you describe what the transition was like between graduating and getting a job? I know you had some experience with the standard like during school, which was really amazing. And I'm sure that really helped. So would you just mind telling us a little bit more about that experience? Yeah, of course. I felt like I didn't really have a transition. It just happened like within seconds because I got the offer to work at Skipper March, April. And then we already decided that my first day of work is going to be like pretty much the day I graduate. So during that time, because I'm an international student, I pretty much had to graduate, move and work all at the same times. Honestly, that few weeks I think is a blur. But thankfully, like it was more of like training, getting comfortable with the company. So it was more of not me being like actually the position doing what I had to do. Because also my visa issues, I actually did have to work for Skipper for the first two months in Korea until my OPT was approved. I was working in Korea, US hours from like 10 p.m. to 5 in the mornings. That was fun. That transition was, I would honestly say 
it didn't exist, but at the same time, it was a little clunky because of all that issue. But like the team definitely made it a lot easier for me to get settled into my position. And also, thankfully, the CEO of my company is actually a professor that I had back in my junior year. So it was a connection that I already knew I already had. So it was a lot more easier to kind of settle into my position. And then my last week at the standard was my last day of school at SPS at NYU, I guess, in general as well. And then I returned, like I came back to New York, and then I started at the standard again. Just the fact that you worked U.S. hours in Korea, you like deserve an award for that. I do not know how you did that. That is very impressive. And I think that probably got you on a great start with the company because you're like, I can do anything if I can work for this company in the complete opposite time zone. So a lot of respect to you for that. So I guess kind of you mentioned that one of your professors was actually your way getting like your way into getting into this job. And so I feel like as both, both of us were hospitality students, we know that a lot of our classes really do teach you those real world skills. And we have a lot of guest speakers and connections. So that's super helpful. So have there been any moments like while you've been in the workforce so far that you're like, oh, I definitely learned that in a class or, oh, this specific class was really helpful. And if so, would you mind sharing a couple examples of those? Yeah, of course. I think honestly, all the classes that at least we had to take as hospitality students, like all relate to what you do in the field. I can honestly go all the way back to my very first SPS class, which is lodging structures and strategies. And that's literally the class. So yeah. Yeah. And that's the class that you learn all the vocab, like ADR, ref par occupancy rate, all that. Like Those are the kind of things that you use on a daily basis. You're, whether you're in the front of the house or back of the house, those are things that you'll always talk about. Everything relates back to, honestly, all the classes, whether it's like sales and marketing, accounting, I don't know, airlines management. I took so many classes trying to think about, all, oh, food and beverage. I took a food and beverage class. But yeah, I think a lot of those real life stories that the professors give you or the real life stories that lectures kind of get to you are really helpful because I think something that I learned during the hospitality field industry while I was working and studying is that yeah knowledge is very important as in the vocab how to calculate things but hospitality is also very experience based so the more experience you have the better you get with handling situations whether it's like strategies or actually literally dealing with people so I think those stories definitely help you out. And I think also being in the industry is something that just gets you to where you are. No, I agree. And I'm really happy that you said that because I've only had one internship so far, but even within that one, it was a wedding planning internship. And even within that, I was noticing that I could use skills from my food and beverage class, from my marketing classes. And I didn't think that as such a niche internship would allow me to like use those skills, but it's been really helpful. And that shows just how good of a job the Tisch Center is doing. And that's great. So I guess this is a little bit more specific of a question. Your two jobs that you're working in right now are very different, I would say. So have there been times that you've like liked one job better than the other or you found yourself struggling to balance both? So what's it been like managing two jobs at once? As a background information, I do work two do- jobs and they're <laughs> so I work seven days a week. It was never about the money. It was more of just me wanting to be on the field. Like Ali said, Skipper is very back-end office jobs. And then the standard is more front of the house on the floor job. I have always been in an office job. Starting from freshman year, all of my internships, all of them were back of the house. So I think when COVID hit, the hotel started closing down. And then when the hotel started opening up, they were revamping every single new team because they, you know, had to furlough everyone and then furlough, I mean, bring everyone back. So they were hiring a lot of front of the house people. And I was like, 
this is an opportunity I want to take because I've one, I've never had a front of the house position, but two, it's like, you're working during COVID. Like you're going to learn so much more than you would have found in real life because there's so many things that you're going to have to work with COVID. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I applied for a position at the standard East village property because I used to work at the Highline property before. And thankfully I got the job and that's where I really got to learn all my front of the house being on the floor kind of job. And honestly, I fell in love. I could barely walk home because my foot hurt so much because you're standing 10, 12 hours, you're running around. And also I kind of wanted to look cute for the first few days. So I wore like really cute shoes. And then obviously after that, I wore sneakers every single day. But yeah, it's those kind of things that you kind of learn when you're in the front of the house. I think coming from a back of the house position, you understand how an operation is ran overall. But then you don't really experience it when you're in the back of the house because you only see it like on paper. You only see it by talking to people, but you never get to really experience it. So understanding how it all kind of comes together in front of the house really helped me. That's why I think I made the decision when I came back to New York, I was only working for Skipper and I was like, I really miss being on the floor. Like it's, it's such a great experience. And also it's just really fun. You get stressed on the job hundred percent, but then at the end of the day, that stress just goes away because you had fun at work. You know, I talked to my people at the standard and I was like, I can work weekends. And if you're in the front of the house position, mind you, two day, working two days a week is not very common. They usually work for full time. Is there any way you can bring me back for only two days? But thankfully in the hospital industry, the weekends are when it's busier. So they somehow were able to make it work. And that's why I am working both back of the house and front of the house. But I think my comment just now really made it forward that I like front of the house. But I also do really love back of the house because you learn a lot. It's more of how the organization works as a whole, especially working for a startup. Everything is new. Our CEO kind of always says we're flying a plane right now as we're building the plane. Yeah, we have engine failures. Yeah, we have no wing, but we somehow still fly. I absolutely love both. Both are in the hospital industry and I think that really made me stick to what I love. I know a lot of my friends left the hospitality industry after we graduated because it was such a tough time. A lot of them went to real estate, a lot of them went to consulting, a lot of them went to grad school. But I'm really happy and lucky that I was able to stay in the industry that I love. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And I feel like that says a lot about you in a really good way because I know in my own experience, a lot of people are more comfortable in the front of the house or in the back of the house. So Rachel is really get you a girl that can do both. You have a little bit of everything. And I think that's so impressive. Really have so many opportunities within that. So there's a fun question. I think Tian might have wrote this one, but the question is in each academic year of school, so freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, what would you say your goals were and what should our goals be? What would you recommend that students know after the end of each academic year? This question made me think a little bit too. So I'm interested to know your thoughts. I like that question. It's also a really complex question in a way. I think freshman year is really getting the basics down. I think we've talked about this, but I feel like everything that we learned freshman year all connects to what you were learning sophomore year and all connects, like everything is a continuation. I think getting your foundations very clear, you understand everything that you learn freshman year is not just like the basics that, you know, you can forget. It's going to be the foundation of what you're studying. Also, if you have the opportunity freshman year, get your feet wet in the industry. I know a lot of freshmen, especially international students, can't work freshman year due to visa restrictions, but it somehow works out. I made it work. It works out right now. NYU makes it very easy. OGS's help, your advisor's help, they will make it work for you. If you have the opportunity, get in the industry as soon as possible because you will learn so much. And also 
what you learn the very first job that you have, whether it's learning about opera, whether it's learning about the POS systems, those skills will get you a huge bump in the future years when you're applying for internships and jobs, because those skill sets are something that they're looking for. And if you already have that starting from your freshman year, huge, huge for you. So I definitely recommend that. Sophomore year, that's when they tell you to choose your concentration. I think that's when you understand kind of the field that you want to study. I know we have multiple concentrations. Some concentrations are a little more overall looks like organization operations, marketing and revenue. Those two are a little more general where it can apply to business. It can apply to hotel. It can apply to tourism. And then there are the a little more specific ones, which is the hotel, the tourism and the events. So I think understanding which way you might want to go or at least have an understanding of what your career goals are to kind of help you set that goal. Then junior year is when you should really start looking at what you really want to do, like really, really want to do as your career. I know a lot of people apply for jobs starting senior year, but that goes by so quickly that you might not have the time to apply for jobs that you want, or you might not have time to pay attention to classes because you're applying for jobs. Like start that in junior year, make a list of all the positions that you might want to work for, or write down the companies that you might want to work for and start doing research on them. Because when interview time comes, you're going to have to do a lot of research on that company. So once it, if you have that foundation done your junior year, senior year is going to be so much easier once it gets to applying to jobs and getting a job. And then senior year, Enjoy your last year at college because adult life starts as soon as you get out of NYU. I can say I like the adulting right now, but am I good at it? Probably not. And do I miss school? 100%. I know senioritis kicks in and I know it's so much at once your senior year. You have all these job applications, you have grad school to apply to. Like there's so many things that you comes to your life other than your school life. But school life, it's your last year. Try to balance both. You're going to regret it if you don't. I think you nailed it. And you got to be careful saying you miss school because there's a bunch of us on this call that might try and convince you to come back to SES for grad school. So, Well, I promised you that I'll come back. So I have to come back. we'll see. You mentioned the concentrations and I think there's a bunch of hospitality students on this call. So would you mind talking a little bit more about your particular concentration when you really decided what you wanted to do and how that helped you today, how it still helps you today with your current jobs and how it helped in the job application process. Yeah, of course. So I concentrated in organization operations. A new Another word for that concentration is actually the GM track. So a lot of those classes include bigger picture operations like events. I know it's not as detailed as the events concentration, but you still learn about how events are run, how resorts are run. More of like a bigger picture concentration. So I think that is why I wanted to choose it because... I wanted to go into hotels, I wanted to go into tourism, but I think for me, I wanted to really focus on the operation side. I love being on the floor, I love being in back of the house, and all of that includes operations. So I think that's why I chose that operation. But at the same time, I actually did a second concentration, which is marketing and revenue. So I, you can only technically choose one concentration, but if you have enough extracurricular credits left, you're able to take another concentration course. So marketing and revenue, I think that one was kind of me wanting to understand how does the hotel make money? Marketing, getting a little more focused on how do events market their events or 
weddings? How do they do that? So I think those are the reasons why I took that concentration. Also, I am very thankful that I did because I took a distribution and channel management class. And that's actually where I met Jason, who is the CEO of my professor. So it wasn't technically part of my concentration, but it brought me to where I am today. That's great. I know I was a little bit unsure of my concentration too. So I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm going to take some classes in one concentration, some in another, because I think you're right that it really helps and you never know what opportunity you'll get from that. And I think it's like SPS, like this center did it really well is that majority of the concentration actually overlap in classes. Some concentrations have the same two classes. So if you're debating between the two, take the overlapping one first and then decide which one you actually want to branch out to. They do a really well job of kind of letting you understand what you really want to do before actually making the decision. Definitely. The way that the school organizes it is super helpful. So Rachel, I remember being on an internship panel with you last year, and you just talked so well about your different internships and how each of those was beneficial to you. And I know I am still looking for another internship, so this would be really beneficial to me. And I think some of the other students on the call, if you wouldn't mind just quickly running through each of your internships and how you got them and how that has helped you still to this day. Yeah, of course. So my very first internship was at a resort in Ohio. So I lived in Michigan. So there's a amusement park called Cedar Point, huge amusement park. It's on its own peninsula. And they were hiring. My freshman year, like I said, I just really wanted to get my feet wet. I had no work experience at all. I've never even worked at a grocery store. So like I have never had a job. So I was like my freshman year, I need to get a job. So I applied to maybe 100, 150 internships. And guess what? Got rejected from all of them, pretty much. Because I was not qualified for any of the positions that I applied to. You know how they kind of list out the specifications of what they want? I didn't have any of them. But I was like, hey, I need to practice in applying for a job in the first place. It's my first time putting in an application. So I was like, hey, this might be a practice run for me of actually applying to jobs. So I was like, I'm going to take this advantage and apply to as many as I see. I didn't care about what position it was. I didn't care about what, where it was or any of that. So I just applied to everything that I saw. And somehow I got an interview with this hotel at Cedar Point and they were like, hey, like, are you interested? I was like, am I qualified for it? No, but I'll learn. I'm a fast learner. Yeah. So I applied and then I got it. So I worked there for a month and that is where I actually learned how to use opera, which is the PMS system that hotels use. And that is a skill set that a lot of hoteliers look for when they're hiring. So I was so glad I got my feet wet and got that position. So I worked there. And then my sophomore year, I was at the weekend in the square that's an event that we put on for admitted students that come onto the campus right before they make the decision of whether they want to come to NYU. And I ran into an alumni who I was really close with. Her name is Shirley, and she worked for the Standard Highline property. She was the revenue manager there. And we just got talking, and she's like, hey, I'm hiring. Are you interested? So I was like, uh, yeah. So I applied. I got the job. So I worked there for the entire summer. And then I realized how much I love the position. So I actually worked, I tied it into an internship again in the fall semester. So I worked there for almost half a year. And then that was until that was 2019 winter. And then COVID hit early 2020. So I actually did not work at all, all of 2020, pretty much. I actually lived in Dallas at that time, focusing on school, focusing on council things, (laughs) being a senator. And then when I, when then January hit of 2021, that's when I was like, I really want a job during COVID. When the hotel started opening up, I was like, that's where I'm going to work. So because I had a tie with Data Highline, I 
was looking at the Standard Highline, but the Standard Highline was still closed during that time. So Standard East Village was open. So I applied and I got a call and the manager was like, hey, just letting you know, I already talked to the manager that you worked for because I'm friends with her. I'm okay with you coming back, even though it's a different property. So I was like, great. Moral of the story. Networking is key. Other than the very first internship I had, all the other ones, I got it through connections. It's huge. Like the job that I have right now, Skipper connection. The hospitality industry might feel really big to you globally, but in New York City, it's so small that everyone knows each other. So networking is key. (laughs) Thank you so much. I think that's great. And you literally read my mind because I was looking at my sheet and the next question I was going to ask was what networking tips should us students know? So I think you kind of tied into that, but if you have anything else to add, feel free. (laughs) Well, LinkedIn is your best friend. I know if you take the HR course with Dr. Hassan, he's going to make you make a LinkedIn if you don't have one as a homework. Make it early. All the connections that you have somehow come back to you through LinkedIn. But at the same time, industry professionals aren't the only ones that you should connect with. All your professors, especially. Currently, Tisch Center has six full-time faculty, as far as maybe more. But then like 80%, 90% are adjunct professors, meaning they work in the industry. So they have their foot in the industry. And these professors, they go above and beyond of helping you get into the industry. You connect with them. If you show your interest, they will do everything they can in their power to let you get your feet wet as well. And then also your peers like Maya, Ali, Tian, everyone on this call, they work in the industry. They have crazy connections. So Being friends with them comes with perks. No, I'm just kidding. But everyone that you work with, whether it's your peers, your professors, industry professionals that you meet, they are all networking. And make sure you always keep in hand and keep in touch with them. (laughs) Amazing. I was actually, if you don't mind, I was going to send your LinkedIn in the chat at the end of the event, just so everyone here, if they're not already connected with you, can go ahead because Rachel in herself is an awesome connection to have. (laughs) So I think... We're going to do one more official question, and the rest are going to be more like SPS student council, more fun questions. So you mentioned that you were an international student. If you're comfortable, would you mind just sharing some of the challenges you faced with that, both in SPS and also in the work industry? And if you could share some of the resources that NYU or SPS have that really helped you. Being an international student definitely comes with restrictions. At least being an NYU student, there is not that big of a difference because NYU does so hard to make it easy for NYU students. I know NYU is one of the top schools that have the the biggest international student body. So they will do everything in their power as well to make it easy for you. But there's definitely things that we have to run in with the government, which is like work authorization. So there's a lot of internships that they won't accept you just because you're an international student because there's extra work that they have to put in to make it work. I think finding the resources, aka like your professors to vouch for you, you understanding what it is being an international student. If you show that you know what paperwork needs to be done, you have all that organization made for them, be like, oh, it's just simple as signing a paper. Oh, it's just, I just need to let them know what their, your hours are. It's really not a big difference for them as well, because all they have to do is like sign a few more papers. But they don't know that. They think being an international student comes with a ton of different things that they need to do. So I think being on top of that, understanding what you need to do as an international student and kind of vouch for yourself is really important. But also the resources like OGS. OGS does 
so much for you. And even your faculty and academic advisors at SPS, they know international students, they've worked with international students. So they know what restrictions that there are, and they'll help you work with it. For me, Dr. Menard was like my mom. I emailed her with I don't even know how many times I emailed her. She did everything for me in a way. And she's so on top of it too. I remember the Standard East Village when I wanted to work for them back in January. I actually couldn't work for them for like a good month because my first day at work had to be my first day of school, but they wanted someone immediately. So Dr. Minart was vouching for me and she's like, you'd want to wait for her. And somehow it worked out. And I remember Standard East Village emailing Dr. Menard and I being, hey, like we decided to wait on Rachel. And I was literally bawling. I was crying so much. And I called Dr. Menard. I was like, hey, just letting you know, I got the job. Thanks for watching for me. So these professors, all your advisors, they will go above and beyond whether your restrictions are there or not. I think this just doesn't apply just for international students. This applies for everyone. And I think being international students, it shouldn't be that different from being a domestic student because NY, like I said, NYU does everything they can to make it easy. And once you understand what you need to do, like it's the same, just a little more effort maybe, but it works out at the end. Let me say that. Everything works out. My life, honestly, is kind of up in the air because I have to do the lottery for H-1B visa in April. But that is not stopping me because hospitality tourism exists everywhere around the world. So if I don't get that, I mean, I would be sad. But at the same time, I know I have places that I can go after around the world. So I think being able to take advantage of that as well is a huge thing. Your story is really inspiring, and I love just how optimistic you are about everything. You're like, I don't care if they kick me out. I can do tourism anywhere. All hospitality students know that Dr. Menard is just amazing. She is such a good resource to have. I think the Tisch Center should just, when they have their list of resources, we should just start putting her name underneath it. (laughs) So that was it for the more like force-related questions. I want to turn to some more SPS, getting involved at SPS questions. And one of the first questions I have is, what was your most memorable story at NYU SPS? That's a really big question because I know there's a ton, but if you can think of one particular moment. I think one is it has to be graduation. I am so thankful and I was so honored. I think it's something that I honestly felt bad for a while because I've worked so hard with all my peers for the past four years and they didn't get the opportunity but I got to represent SPS. Like that was huge for me. Walking at graduation during the pandemic was probably the most honorable thing that I could have done for SPS. And I know it was a very hard selection from my student affairs. I know Sue and I can do is like, I know you guys have a lot of word in that. It was absolutely the most amazing experience that I had, I think, in SPS. I didn't get to be with my peers during that day, which was very sad. I got to be with Dean Greenbaum. I kind of do wish that I was with all my peers that I've grown up with the past four years. I know hopefully we're going to get one next year, graduation. That's like the very last, that's literally the last thing that I have at SPS. But the four years is just full of memories. So I can definitely list them out. But if you only needed one, that's the one. I think. No, feel free to share more. I mean, cool. I loved watching you at graduation. It was awesome. My graduation was fun. Winter ball. Oh, that was a blast. I had so much fun with everyone. Yes, the view was perfect. Food was good. You get to just 
party with your peers. And honestly, something that I miss the most memorable is actually room 321. I think people would know if I say this, like the memories that are created in room 321 is just beyond what it is. I think all the council meetings that happen in that room, all the orientation events that happen in that room, that room is just very special. And I have so much memories just in that room. So I definitely want to go back one day. And of course, my freshman year orientation, all the friends that I met that day are my best friends today because our program is so small that you really grow up with these 80 kids that are in your class, you know? I think reflecting back to that day, it's kind of funny how awkward we were. We were just standing in the middle of 70s club in our white 2021 shirts, having no idea who any one of these people are. But then now they're family to you. I think that really makes you reflect back to how fast the four years went. It's so cute that you said your freshman orientation and then graduation because it's like your first and your last and a bunch that happened in between them. So that's amazing. And I think that speaks volumes. And I also love that you said 321 because I remember my freshman orientation, you and Cody decked out in purple, the face tattoos, the shirts at the community service picnic. And that's where I met Tian for the first time. And I met a bunch of my friends there. So it really does come full circle. And that's why I'm having so much fun interviewing you. Because I'm like, wow, Rachel was that person to me. And it's just super inspiring. One more question that we actually didn't really touch about was we're talking a lot about your experience with the student council and different clubs at NYU. What made you get started in those clubs in the first place? For me, I've always loved leadership. I was always a part of a leadership group. My high school always were part of clubs. I think I have to be very honest. Elementary school, middle school, high school, education was definitely not my first priority. If clubs, sports was definitely my priority. So I spent a lot more time doing those extracurriculars than actually doing my homework. So I definitely was very used to it. I knew when I came to NYU, I wanted to get involved right away. When I did a tour at NYU, my senior year of high school, they were like, oh yeah, we have like 400 clubs and one of them is cheese club. One of them is coffee club. And I was like, okay, I like all of them. So I think it was just me already knowing that I wanted to get involved that I joined. But somehow I was very lucky. They had actually an opening for a position at the International Club, the SPS International Club, which is SPS's school-wide club. And they had an events chair open. Definitely, I remember going up during Club Fest. Now, can a freshman apply for it? And they're like, of course. So I applied for it, interviewed for it, and I got the position. From the first month of NYU, I already had a leadership position. And that already put me into a position where I got to interact with so many more people than I would have if I was just a regular student. I know, especially with International Club, because it was undergrad and grad, I got to go to the grad council meetings monthly. And I remember sitting there with Sue and Sushant and kind of sat there. No one knew that I was an undergrad somehow. And they were like, after the meetings, they were all like, oh, let's go out to drink. And I was like, I'm not 21. So they're all like super confused. And I think that's how I kind of knew I wanted to be on the council. And because all those council meetings just sounded something that would change a student's life. And that's what I wanted to do. So after my freshman year, sophomore year, I got involved. And I took positions where I could be on the council. And then I grew from there. The very last position was a senator, which pretty much represents the entire student body on the university level. And that really helped me hopefully positively change lives. I know there were decisions that were made that not everyone liked. I know that happened. But at the same time, it was a decision that the entire school had to make. I'm just happy that I was able to vouch for the students that I grew up with, the people that I love. I'm just so glad that I did that. I think my student life in general at NYU changed 
so much just to the fact that I was actually involved. I think a life at NYU can be very different for every student. Students can have a good life, obviously, without getting involved. But getting involved, I know it sounds cliche because getting involved is like the model that we live with. And I know that's something that you'll hear since day one. But it really does change our life. And the pride that I have wearing my light purple shirt over the dark purple shirts is probably a huge thing. I still wear my light purple shirt, but that's just things that come as being a student leader. And you get so much more opportunities that you get because you're involved. I'm not sure if I'm right, but I think the reason why I was chosen for graduation was because I got involved. I represented the school. I put my work into really leaving my mark at STS. And I think that's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to leave my path at NYU so that other student leaders can kind of work towards it. And I wish everyone does get involved. I don't know how to describe it. Your life just changes after getting involved. You're so inspirational. I think a a bunch of us on here getting kind of emotional just reflecting on it because I could not agree more with the fact that getting involved does change your life. I can't imagine what my life would be like now if I wasn't part of the student council. And it's great that you talked about getting involved as a freshman because we have Nicole and Martin on this call who are both freshmen. And Nicole is our new events chair. So it really does go to show that getting involved as a freshman is great. I mean, you can follow in Rachel's footsteps and be like her someday, which is amazing an amazing goal to achieve. Oh yeah, and Martin, social media. Yes, so exciting. And I agree. I was fighting for that light purple shirt. Mm-hmm. I waited so long because I could have gotten it during COVID, but then I got it this year and all really worked out. <laughs> I have one final question and then I'm going to open it up to everyone else for questions. I think this is a nice way to wrap it up. I just wanted to know, now that you're graduated and now that you're in the workforce, looking back at your NYU experience, is there any advice you would have for your freshman self or is there anything you would change? I think it kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier, really setting your personal goals and your career goals early. It will change, but getting those goals, at least having a goal to look forward to, I think that's huge. Also, don't limit yourself. The hospitality and tourism industry is so big. There's positions that you might not even think that you'd want. I had zero interest in the food and beverage industry, actually. And when I got into it, I realized how much I love it and I still work for it. I think getting the most experience you can in various places will help you kind of align what you might want to do in the future. Just go out there, enjoy, but at the same time, really enjoy your four years at NYU. School was so special. I can't even talk about how much I miss being in school. It felt so weird being in August and sitting at home working. Like when you guys were planning for Spirit Week and I know our group chats were talking about it, it's things that you'll miss and you most likely won't get to experience again unless you go to grad school or unless you go to a different school. So really enjoy the four years you have with the greatest people you can work with at NYU. Amazing. You said it so perfectly. And before I pass it on to questions, real quick, I just know it wouldn't be a conversation with Rachel without asking how Milo is doing. For those who don't know, Milo is Rachel's dog who has become our student council mascot. Like Maya said, he has a shirt. So I just wanted to check in, make sure he's doing okay. He's in Texas right now. He's doing really well. He just got groomed a few days ago. But yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, he might be moving soon with my sister, depending on where my sister is boyfriend gets deployed to because he's in the Air Force. I'm really hoping they can move somewhere close where I can travel to. He definitely misses the purple shirt. He took away his uniform, <laughs> his costume. <laughs> I love it how I remember during COVID we did like a mask campaign and I took a picture of myself. Milo got a picture. I didn't make it but Milo made it. So <laughs> it shows how much Milo belongs in the council. <laughs> yeah. 
The NYU mascot is the Bobcat, but the SPS mascot is Milo. I agree. Now we can open the floor if anyone has any questions. If not, I can always come up with more questions for Rachel. I love talking to her, so we could go on for days. I feel like Ali's asked all of them that I would have asked, but I just wanted to say thank you so much. Like It's been so so nice hearing you speak and kind of reminisce on your past four years, like from a freshman standpoint, and then Maya's a senior and Ali's a junior and everyone else in the call, like just from their perspective, listening to you, it's really cool to see kind of the the effect that I think you had on Maya that had on Ali that has on us now is just, it's so cool. And it, it is a full circle moment. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you. I'm happy that I was able to pass it along. I'm so excited for you guys because with COVID, the hospitality industry changed. There's changes that are going to stay forever. There's changes that it was so drastic for the hospitality industry. And you guys are literally the future of the hospitality industry. So I'm so excited for you guys. I think you guys will have so many great opportunities coming up. And probably the things that I learned in class might be different for you guys because COVID literally changed a ton of things. So I think it'll be a really good experience for you guys. I agree with what Maya just said in the chat. Nicole and I were laughing the other day. We were hosting an event together. And I was like, it literally is such a chain. Rachel, Cody, Maya, Tien, we're all, we're igniting the sparks in each other. (laughs) And it's, it's so amazing. And it's the same for me. I think it's because they graduated earlier, but I have a chain above me. Like there's so many people above me too. So that chain, I feel like starts way, way back when Sue started the council, like all the way back. Right. (laughs) I'm glad to be part of the chain. It's going to be a stronger chain as it goes down. We don't mean an actual chain. We just mean like chain of social connections. (laughs) It's kind of like passing the baton kind of thing. Like in the real Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. Just like passing the baton on as one group graduates, the other group moves on and then that group graduates and it's just, and then Sue and Tabitha are here for all of it. (laughs) And for the record, I did not start the council, Rachel. (laughs) I just started working with the council. So (laughs) you are such a huge part of the council too. Thank you to Rachel Kim. Actually, there's one more thing. Our podcast is growing and we would love to have you on our team. Skills such as video, audio editing, and graphic design are a huge bonus, but it's actually not necessary as we can help you learn. Send us an email at spsusc at nyu.edu to learn more and get involved today. Thank you so much and join us to create more inspiring stories. The SBS Replay Podcast is produced by the students of the NYU SBS Student Council with Ali Weaver, Ariana Olivas, Anna Zhao, Chien Zhang, Christine Long, Evelyn Tai, Jakarla Mitchell, Jessica Blodgett, Kyle Ronkin, Megan Vanesta, Martin Ma, Maya Kwok, Sanjana Benmatsa, Sarah Maruyama, Dhan Gangwal, Ding Nguyen, Varsha Raghavan. Special thanks to the NYU SBS Office of Student Life. Follow us on Instagram at SBSUSC and at SBSGSC. And on LinkedIn at NYU SBS Student Council for more updates and content. Thank you so much for listening and see you on the next episode.